0: Hey man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah man, well turn it up man! This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news, this week's new releases, this week in music history, trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms, at Rock News Weekly, for our quick one-minute weekly update videos, and please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now, on to this week's episode. All right, guys, it's time for another episode of the Rock News Weekly Podcast. Chris here with Charles again. How's it going, man? Hey, Chris. Hey. Hey. Another week. Another Rock News (laughs) Weekly Podcast. Hey, another week. (laughs) This week of February 22nd, we got a good one for you guys. Season 3, Episode 7. Some interesting topics this week as Soundgarden members involved in another lawsuit over the band's catalog rights. We'll get into that. Punk Rock Bowling in Vegas announces their 2021 lineup. I gotta say, it's a pretty solid lineup, but we'll talk about the details about that. supposed to take place in September later this year. Ronnie James Dio's autobiography releasing this summer. Molly Cruz, Tommy Lee reveals this is an interesting story. Exactly how the band smuggled drugs on the road for decades. Oh yeah, he says the uh, the little insider tricks they used to do yep. it. So we'll talk about that. Uh, sad news to report: re- recording pioneer Rupert Neve passed away at the age of 82 this week. Plus more of this week's new releases, weekly WTF, and more. Got a good This Week in Music History trivia this week, Charles. I think really? I think you're going to dig it. Ooh. So stick around, guys. Also, nice. new releases this week of uh, that were released on the 19th of February. This past Friday. Uh, new stuff out from Getz, Julia Stone, Mogwai, Mogwai, S.G. Lewis, The Fall, The Hold Steady. All new albums out. Uh, as I was mentioning, let's get the uh, sad news out of the way. In Memoriam, R.I.P. Rupert Neve. Grammy award-winning audio equipment inventor passing away at the age of 94. I don't know why I put 82 on the other one. Sorry, he was pretty old. 94, he lived a full life. Oh, that's good. Here's a picture of him. Check him out and some of his amazing consoles and mixer boards that he did. God, what a cool name. Um, Rupert Neve. His stuff was used by Fleetwood Mac, The Who, The Grateful Dead. I mean, you, you, you name it. Um, he was a pioneering audio engineer uh, that reco- uh, developed recording equipment, revolutionized the music industry, and... Um, Many of his most beloved inventions have been converted into digital plugins now for the modern age. Here's his story. He was born in Newton, Abbott, England, 1926. Became fascinated with electronics. Um, He spent his childhood repairing radios. Grew up up in Argentina. And was eventually volunteered to serve World War II when he was 17. Wow. As an adult, worked for various electronic companies. He and his wife started in Neve Electronics in 1961. Three years later, designed a transistor-based mixing console for London's Philips Studios, replacing the vacuum tube-based designs that have previously been the standard. This kick-started a fruitful and highly regarded career as a studio equipment inventor. After designing the Neve 50 and Neve 80 mixing desks, he developed the beloved Neve 8028 console, which was featured in Dave Grohl's Sound City documentary in 2013. Here's the, the big thing, though, that I think was his biggest contribution. One of his most essential creations was the Neve 1073 preamp, which is still celebrated today as one of the best microphone preamps of all time. Hmm. Both its physical and digital versions are still used today to adjust the gain and sound of microphones in the recording booth, like on recent albums from Team Paula, Daft Punk, Bon Iver, tons of artists have used it. It's a standard. I have kind of a story when we went to audio engineering school. In, well, I went to it in 2004 in Toronto. We had a Neve console in the studio there. Wow. And it was like regarded as kind of like this holy grail room that was like specially closed off. It had its own dust cover. The preamps on that board alone were worth about maybe five to seven grand a piece. Oh and there must God. have been 30 of them on the board. Let alone just having the board all working together was, uh, you know, priceless. You know, close to you're talking almost a half a million dollars. Wow! For some of those original Neve consoles, you know, uh, amazing stuff. It's just regarded as some of the best electronics for recording music. What a story! And it's it's really cool. He sold his company in 1975, moved to Texas in 94, in 97. He got the Lifetime Technical Grammy Award. And then he did Rupert Neve Designs in 2005, which was kind of a, um, a rebirth of the company that kind of built dozens of high quality products, uh, using both digital and analog material, uh, really amazing stuff. He's, uh, regarded very highly in the musical world, in the recording world, especially. So I wanted to highlight him and yeah, that's let, awesome. let you guys know of his importance and what he did and Look it up, Rupert Neve, N-E-V-E, and just see his uh, recording career and his history. It's uh, pretty impressive, really does he, cool. Does he have a book or like an autobiography I'm sure or he something does. like that? You know, I, I don't know about that, but, I, you know, he should, and I hope he gets one if he doesn't, and maybe he does. But he's he's kind of like one of those storied kind of underground people that never really lived like a, yeah, you know, a fascinating high-profile life or something like that, but he recorded... And made products that some of the most amazing musicians in the world used. Yeah. So it's like one of those kind of... That's why I've always liked the idea of being an audio engineer. I like working in the background and knowing how these things work to where, you know, other people can use them to gain notoriety and use them to have a fruitful career and all that stuff. But it starts with, like, basic electronics, right? Yeah. Having something that sounds good... That's recorded well, yeah. And if you do it through some of the best equipment available, shit, you could be a really crappy singer, and it's gonna, <laughs> yeah. s- it's gonna sound amazing, yeah. They used to, we used Enrique to call- Iglesias style, right? We used to call it polishing a turd. That's yeah. what the the, <laughs> the audio engineer yeah. term is, and that's like funny. stuff like. Rupert Neve's equipment would polish turds like the best of them. Oh, know? nice! <laughs> I like
1: I like finding you know finding the stories about um, you know equipment or things that we use um, a lot. Yeah, and uh, and you know finding out that it, you know just like for instance Fender, right? Like a, li- right. a lot of people don't realize that John Fender was just this crazy hobo who would yell into an aluminum can <laughs> right? on the corner of Hey Ashbury. And um and that's what sparked the Fender. Yeah, empire.
0: And he and he used to he'd take that can and he'd put a lid on it and he'd go into the music store yeah. and be like, Hey, I recorded this, you wanna hear it? And, yeah. they, and he'd open up the can, they wouldn't hear anything. Yeah. They'd be like, You're nuts, man, get the fuck out of here.
1: That's exactly
0: it. And, and distortion was just him just yelling. Before would, you yeah. knew it, you know? Yeah. He was like, Ah through like an aluminum can. Yeah, John Fender. <laughs> Look it up. That is not true. Look <laughs> uh tour news. Disclaimer, that is not true. Uh tour news this week. Uh, look at this lineup Wow, that's amazing Devo, no effects, Circle, circle jerks. jerks Wow, September 24th Through the 26th uh, Downtown Las Vegas Punk Rock Bowling and Music Festival Usually happens, we went one year Yeah, I think it was 2014 um, It happens usually in May On Memorial Day weekend Nice, so I think they're thinking Obviously that's not going to work this year People aren't going to be ready to be going to a show that soon They're banking on this fall so what do you okay. think just right off the bat without you know the lineup we'll get into the lineup in just a sec but just the dates do you think that that's a good date yeah to plan for for the festival
1: yeah i think it is yeah I actually i think that after shock this this year or two um that those dates should stay you, you should stay yeah, on October. track yeah i think that should stay on track i think that it's entirely possible given the rate of um of vaccines that we're getting and um and I, I think that like people easing back, even California, right? Everyone says, yep. "Oh, California has got so many restrictions and stuff." But even those are starting to like kind of phase back a little Finally, bit. Finally, so, yes, yeah, we I are think, making progress. Yep, I think that's it's entirely possible. September, yeah, I think that's great. And I All think. Right to keep staying on track with that. There's still going to be people who are going to wear masks. It's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are going to be vaccinated at that point. And yeah, you have to like set something in stone,
0: right? You yeah. Have to move forward. You got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. And this is one of the first ones that I saw that is actually moving forward. So let's see what happens. Uh, Devo, no effects, circle jerks, Luna chicks, propaganda, municipal waste, the Lawrence arms, anti-flag, the Bronx streetlight manifesto, the agri lights, youth brigade, Really solid lineup. Make sure you guys check it out. Um, it's punkrockbowling.com if you guys want some more info on that. Oh, one one thing
1: really quick. At the very end of the of the band list, it says like it goes through. It says Bishop Green, Bridge City, Bridge City Sinners, The Last Gang, and then at the bottom it says plus a
0: shit ton more bands, TBA. <laughs> right. That's like yeah, nice. Either we're too lazy to uh, put pump. it right now or. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're just like, want to get this out there as soon as possible. Yeah. It's probably they want to get out there as soon as possible. Yeah. Because they want to start seeing how people are going to respond to it.
1: Yeah, it's probably, it's probably, um, they're it's like, it's probably we don't like, have a full
0: lineup, <laughs> but let's just get it out there.
1: Yeah, Johnny Rotten is the one that came up with this poster <laughs> at the end. He's like, plus that shit, you know what? Fuck off.
0: Say, say just Fuck say, you. plus a
1: shit ton more bands. <laughs> TBA. TBA. Fuck the lot of them. Fuck him. you.
0: <laughs> All right. So it says four times a charm, so they probably be, have, have been moving these dates around. This is probably the fourth nice. time they've moved them, so check it all out, Punkrockrolling.com. Cool. Uh, let's see how it goes. All right, so Rock News this week. Vicky Cornell suing Soundgarden over their buyout offer. So Soundgarden made an offer to Vicky Cornell this uh, past week, uh, and it's getting nasty. So Vicky claims... That the surviving members of the band only offered her just three hundred thousand dollars for Chris's stake in the band, according to documents obtained by TMZ. So hmm. TMZ obtained these documents. This is what Vicky's claim is. She feels she's being lowballed by Soundgarden, suggesting that they were offering. Excuse me. <clears throat> suggesting that they were offered sixteen million from an outside investor for the masters. Huh. So somebody outside of the band. Said, "I'll give you sixteen million for Chris's stake in the band." Yeah. The Soundgarden members themselves said, "Oh, we'll only give you three hundred thousand dollars." Yeah, yeah. So that equates to about four million for each member of the quartet. Vicky's latest suit asks a judge to value Soundgarden's assets altogether. So that's she, uh, she's getting a judge now to put a value on yeah. Soundgarden's assets officially. Um, to to see what the the fair representative uh, amount of of Chris Cornell's estate will be. That sounds fair, uh, right? Yeah. Um. So the latest, you know, this is just getting messy, man. Uh, the the last one was uh, Soundgarden filed it against Vicky in May, and that said there was unreleased recordings that they wanted, and the status of the band's social media channels. Vicky basically took over all Soundgarden's social media, yeah, and none of the band members could post on it or give band members updates, and she kind of took that over. So, Yeah, that's not fair. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And they actually... uh, It says that she... Oh, the band also... Here's the thing that Soundgarden says. They contend that Vicky used charity concert proceeds for personal purposes. Ooh. That's a nasty claim. Okay. Um, So we'll have (sighs) to see what happens with that this is getting bad with you know and what a shitty legacy for soundgarden to kind of start right. falling into this territory you know right i uh, think one of the
1: very first podcasts man. we ever did uh we we were talking that's how that's how much this has gone back and forth that's is, true yep, dude we were talking about this these legal battles yeah. yeah
0: that's true it's been that long it's really sad all right um But one legacy that hasn't been tainted and is doing some really good things is Ronnie James Dio. Ronnie James Dio's autobiography will be released in July. It's called Rainbow in the Dark. Coming out July 27th. that song is stuck in my head. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. (laughs) It will be completed by his longtime friend and music writer, Mick Wall. Uh, It will say, quote, cover the luck that led to the birth of Rainbow and the productive but difficult collaboration with Richie Blackmore. Chance meeting that made him a second singer of Black Sabbath taking them to new levels of success. It's a surprisingly tender story behind the birth of the Devil Horns, the lasting symbol of heavy metal, his marriage to Wendy, which stabilized his uh, life, and the huge bet they placed together to launch the most successful endeavor of his career. His own band, Dio. Nice. End quote. Dio, it's time to go. He passed away, wow. I can't believe it's been 11 years. May 16th, 2010. Wow, Uh, that's nuts. uh, From stomach cancer at the age of 67. 67? That's young. And... Wow, it's taking this long, but I, it, it's probably going to be really good. Who's going to play Dio in the movie? I know, you right? know, there's going to be a movie. I know. Who's going to play him? Look at him. That's a hard. That's a hard. it's uh, a hard mug to see. to to play there. I don't know who's going to play that man. Yeah. I don't know. We'll think about. It. Um. All oh, right. Man. So 90s nostalgia. Oh, black Crow. from the Black Crows. They've released a video now for their new song "Charming Mess." Here's the thing. This song "Charming Mess" is interesting because it was originally slated to be the band's first single, but ultimately left off the album altogether. They didn't even release this track in 1990 when they did Shake Your Money Maker. Okay. Now it's being released for the first time, and it's on radio. It's not a bad song. It's a pretty decent song. Yeah. I don't see why they leave it off the album altogether. And the new music video has never-before-seen footage from 1990 of the band performing live and rehearsing and doing different things. Okay. So that's kind of cool. It's got some unreleased footage. It's an unreleased song. So I like it when bands at least make the effort to do something like that. Yeah. Instead of just saying, it's the 30th anniversary with no extras at all. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's just like remastered and it's like, who gives a shit? But at least when they do some things like this, they got some video footage, unreleased tracks uh, to to go in. it makes it a little bit more interesting.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I've got I've got a confession, and I'm sorry for the listeners that are Black Crow fans. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> probably not very many. I, but... Yeah, probably not very many. But I know the lead singer listens to this show, and um, I apologize in advance. But yes, you right. just have a face that I just want to punch. And I wonder <laughs> if I wonder if like other people feel the same way. But we, even when they first came out, I remember 1990. I was like a, I was a kid at that point. I think I, I like saw him in a video, and I was like I really want to punch that guy in the fucking mouth. Like I think that was like. <laughs> like, it was, like, a big deal. And I would fall asleep at night sometimes just thinking Dreaming about punching him in it. the face. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then you'd be punching yeah. in your sleep.
1: And I'd be like, Charles, punch wake him up. In yeah.
0: Fuck you, Rick Robinson from the Black Crows. Yeah. I like, Fuck you,
1: dude. Like, I just punch... You know, just go punch a wall, and I would just people would be like, "Charles is wrong," and I'd be like, "Somebody would you're, you bring
0: a date? You bring a date over, and you'd have a dartboard in your garage. Yeah, you'd have a picture of Rich Robinson on the yes. dartboard. Yeah, yeah. And yes. they'd be like, "What's that all about?" And you're yeah, like, I don't know what it is about his face, but well, you know what? You know what I would say, right?
1: <laughs> I would say like they would say, "Why do you have a picture of him and like all kinds of holes and knives and stuff like that?" Right? And then and then and I would say this. I would look at him deadpan, just right in the face, and I would go, "She talks to angels." <laughs> and that's it period she talks to angels and then and then they would stare at me uncomfortably and then just yeah. like slowly back yeah, out right yeah sounds yeah. about right i don't know why i just that's i good. just don't you like know, his hey, face it is what it is yeah that's cool yeah i don't like um i also don't like uh hugh grant i don't know why i just don't like his face <laughs> i want to punch it um it's there are weird those faces in life yeah it's weird
0: you can't get away from them
1: yep so confession confession time it and you know good. we should set up like yeah, a little charles like charles confessions Anna. yeah <laughs> little, like, sound, you know, a little sound yeah, bite. Yeah, little three-minute long Charles confession. Yeah, Charles Confessions. Right. Yeah,
0: that's a good idea. We should get that. Yeah, I like that. You know, we'll... we'll- well, they have the things where it's like we could preload an audio file onto a little thing and then press it as we're recording right now. And you'll be like, hey, Chris, I got a Charles Confession. I'll be like, oh, OK. Charles Confession Ooh, soundbite. Plays I the like intro. it. Yeah.
1: Charles confession I have many. Time. I have yeah. many. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Many confessions.
0: All right. All right. We, we need to create a Charles Confession intro. I like that. It's a child's confession I like that. Down. And I
1: promise it won't be all about David Crosby. <laughs> I promise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> got to have some variety to <laughs> it. All right. 21 Pilots got another cryptic social media message. They're uh, they're pretty good at like creating a buzz. I got to say, uh, yeah. 21 Pilots, they're very... Whoever's in charge... I don't know if it's the band, but whoever's in charge of their social media is a pretty smart person. So they, they posted a, a video. It's basically... Um, they changed their photo uh, of the group in an empty venue staring at the stage with their Trench Era logo in between with an Instagram story of a selfie of Joseph with a blue symbol over one eye. So what the hell does that mean? Huh? Fans have done some detective work to determine that the symbol is psi, P-S-I, okay. which is the 23rd letter of the Greek alphabet. So NME reports the symbol be, could be connected to Joseph's quote, fascination with psychology which is commonly explored in the band's lyrics fans are hoping these messages will lead to the release of 21 Pilots next album their latest trench was released in 2018 you think it's going to be a new album or you think it's like probably what they said about the empty venue staring at the stage I'm thinking like why don't they maybe they're going to play that album to an empty arena like a live stream performance yeah of that album yeah that I mean, that sounds, maybe it's as simple as that, or yeah. it could be something new, like uh, you know, relating to a new album or something like that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think maybe it, to, the twenty-third letter of the Greek alphabet. I know. What the hell is plus, that all about? Yeah, two plus three is five. Um, yeah. There's five bananas in his kitchen right now. Right, and twenty-three 20. is the 23 the number for michael jordan yeah 23 also is the name of that that jim carrey movie right right the 23 number 23 yeah and so i think like if you add
0: so jim carrey's on the new 21 pilots album is what you're saying
1: yeah that's it jim carrey is on the new 21 pilots album we cracked the code yep we cracked the code and then 23 uh is you know 21 pilots so plus two more people. plus two more So now they got two more
0: jim carrey is
1: gonna be in the band jim carrey and the ghost of deal Right? <laughs> that's the other two. That's it. Yep. Okay. We
0: cracked it. That makes sense. And
1: they're all in the trench together.
0: Right. And they're, no, they're all going to wear a trench coat like the Little Rascals, where they're on top yeah. of each other on a tall trench coat. Yes. And yes. that's going to be the new yep. tour. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Uh, that's not true at all. But let's move <laughs> on to some, <laughs> some more rock news. Green Track Day code. debuted a new song this past Saturday on NHL Outdoors Lake Tahoe game. Oh. Um, The new song is called Here Comes the Shock, and it will be released on Sunday. Well, it's actually so just yesterday, February 21st, and worldwide actually today, Monday, February 22nd. So I don't know if this is off of a new album. I don't—that's interesting. Uh, So I'm not sure. And NHL, I got to say, is always, for whatever reason, like the NHL hockey games uh, of past and—well, it seems like, I guess, the new ones that they still put out— they have very cutting-edge soundtracks, and it seems like a lot of bands like make new music for NHL-based stuff oh, quite, wow. quite a bit, which is interesting to me. Like, NHL and NBA, a lot of not so much NFL, Yeah, but the NHL and NBA get a lot of tracks that oh, yeah. are made like for them uh, by prominent bands. So this is yeah. interesting whenever I see that. I'm like, huh, who knew? So there you go. Nicely done. Uh, Corey Taylor says Slipknot has massive things in the works. He's saying, quote, Slipknot is booked to tour America at the end of September. So that falls in line with what we were saying, right? Absolutely. They say we are booked to go out and we haven't heard anything yet that's different and we talk to Live Nation every week. He continued, other than that, right now there's some stuff brewing that I can't talk about, but it's massive. I can say this. You'll hear about it probably in the next month or so. Let's put it that way. Oh, it's well, his
1: it's his uh, it's a musical movie, his little musical. <laughs> the musical Yeah the about him doing musical. math in Iowa. Yeah,
0: they all like come out of a trash can and yeah. they, you know, form a band. Yeah, exactly. Inside a giant trash can.
1: Yeah. I just I just see a <laughs> bunch of teenagers, like slightly overweight teenagers like you know, punching each other in the in the arm. Slamming a monster
0: yeah. energy drink.
1: Slamming a monster energy drink and eating Cheetos and yeah I think that's yeah and then and then, you know shooting cats with pellet
0: guns <laughs> yep. well let's see I don't know maybe Slipknot has uh, that'd be impressive you know if they uh, recorded an album on the sly during yeah. quarantine I'd you like to hear some new Slipknot music check I- this
1: out fans like every time I go on a bike ride every time I go on a bike ride and I go on these long kind of bike rides every time I have to listen to Devil and I at least <laughs> once I don't know why that's I, a just, great I have track. to listen to that track that's a great track yeah
0: that's off their latest album, huh? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. really, you know, I got to say, when we saw them at Aftershock 2 on their latest performance, it was very impressive. And these guys have been doing this like type of music for nearly uh, 1998, I think, is when yeah. they started. And so, what, 23 years? And it's still they still do a really good job. Him and Jim Root, the, the main guitar player, and now uh, Max Weinberg's son. Um, Jay Weinberg on the really? drum. Yeah, Jay Weinberg is their drummer now. Oh, nice. Max Weinberg's son.
1: Who's, is that Tortilla Face? Y-
0: no, Tortilla Face is the um, Alejandro, oh. uh, whatever, the bassist uh, we figured out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that was, or no, no, uh, Tortilla Face is the DJ guy or something. I can't remember Tortilla, Tortilla Face or Tortilla Man. Oh, that was so great. Who who that Tortilla turns face. out to be. But anyway. All right, let's move on to some more rock news this week. Uh, White Stripes, premier new video. uh, Live recording from the basement. Uh, Pretty cool. um, Excuse me. It's uh, recording from way back in 2005 at London's Maida Vale Studios. Maida Vale Studios. Um, It's a pretty cool... Maida Vale. Yeah, they they recorded a lot of stuff at these studios. Uh, It's kind of like... um, I don't know if you remember, like, there was these recordings called the BBC Peel Sessions. Yeah. John Peel was a famous recording DJ guy over there, and they would do these things, like when people tour in these certain areas, they go to these uh, kind of spots where you can record something really nice and you know you're gonna get a good performance there. Yeah, This is one of those places, this is from their tour of Europe in 2005, and now they released a live video from it And it's streaming now at the official White Stripes and From the Basement YouTube channels. Nice. So if you guys want to check that out. Check check this out.
1: uh, Scroll back up really quick. Check this out, Chris. This is amazing. So the Basement co-creator, producer. Check out this guy's name, guys. Nigel Godrich. Nigel Godrich. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like G-O-D-R-I-C-H. He's rich in God. Oh my God, that's amazing. What a a dope last name. Yeah, he's he's an amazing dude. He's so wealthy, (laughs) he's God-rich.
0: He's very famous in the recording world as well. That's Uh, that's awesome. So yeah, yeah, check that out. All right, so it looks like Cedar's Sean Morgan kind of had a rough go during the pandemic, um, and he was talking with a recent um, interview on a local Iowa radio station. That's his home state Uh, Laser 103 says, quote, I allowed myself to completely give up on a lot of things last year, kind of spent most of it nursing myself, got through it with a lot of vodka, to be honest. But I realized 10 months of a year being like that and consistently feeling terrible and not really doing anything about it, not trying to find ways to some kind of happiness or drive a passion. So I just said enough is enough. And it took me about a week or two of this year to really come around and get to it. I sort of had to bottom out and figure things out. Um, He said he's made personal changes, saying, quote, I just won't allow myself to feel that way anymore. So, yeah. Sounds like he hit rock bottom there. And like we were saying, a lot of these musicians probably left to their, you know, own own devices. devices, Right. And they're drinking a lot and not really on the road and not nothing to do. Yeah. And I don't know. You think, I mean. Probably a lot of
1: bands are in this situation, right? Yeah, and plus he's the lead singer of Cedar, so that's gotta be kinda depressing. That that kinda gets to him after a while, huh? <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Sean Morgan. Sorry, sorry, buddy. I'm just 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 it's crack the, the joke at your expense. I, I hope know, you're not right? too lonely and kick him while he's down. Yeah, I know, right? He's like, Yeah, I'm <laughs> drinking a ton of vodka, my kids. And now my he's my gonna wife take an extra shot and and just for that comment. Yeah, you, you know he's I'm, a fan of the show. And I'm like, You know, you know he know tunes what? in every week. I know, every week. Every week. You know what, Sean Morgan, that was... We love you. Yeah, you're awesome. You're You're great. You're a great guy.
0: And uh, get better, dude. Could have been a wise man. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. Manson hired round-the-clock security. There is apparently a crew that's making a documentary that started filming and taking photos outside of Manson's house. Yeah. And they just showed up, and now he's got security that he has to hire because of all this crazy shit that's going on. Well, you know th- who the head of his security is, right? Who's that? And it's not Mr. Belvedere. It's actually Trent Reznor. Oh, I thought it was uh, Scott Stapp from Creed. Oh, it was from Creed. That's right. And he just has he just has this... Um, he's got a, a shield yeah. that, he, that he has, and it's got the cross on it, and he says, I'm protected by a higher power. <laughs> and he just... <laughs> And yeah. he's got that shield there, and anybody yeah. that tries to come up to Marilyn Manson's house, yeah, Scott, my shield, my shield like will I'm protect me in from macaroni and cheese, with arms wide open. <laughs> with arms wide <laughs> open, God.
1: Yeah, you know. Oh, speaking of that, you, uh, arms wide open. Um, Trent Reznor will never have arms wide open for Marilyn Manson. <laughs> no,
0: fucking never. No, Manson. they do not like each other. Oh yeah, big time. Um, all right, let's move on. Okay, so Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. Revealing how Motley Crue smuggled drugs on their bus and on their plane. Uh, Motley Crue's Tommy Lee in a new interview with Steve-O's Wild Ride Podcast. Oh, wow. It's a wild ride with Steve-O. No, but, I mean, Steve-O's gotten a lot better. I don't want to fucking joke too much about it. He's he's actually a a a pretty cool dude. I remember he stopped by the radio station not too long ago um, because he was doing a comedy tour. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's doing stand-up comedy. Which is kind of okay, ste- you know. I don't know if, you know, he's got some stories to tell. I guess it'd be kind of interesting. He played at the Merced Theater. No way.
1: Yeah, we saw another ja- one of the Jackass crews, right? The little, a the, uh, little person, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, little man or whatever the, the yeah. I forget his professional name or yep. whatever, but yeah. And then Stevo did a tour. We well, was at the Merced Theater in like twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen, something okay. like that. He did a comedy tour. Awesome. Anyway. On his podcast, Tommy Lee talking about how he smuggled drugs on their plane and the bus. Uh, so, Tommy Lee, you want to take a stab at this, yeah, Charles? I'll take it. Okay. Uh, if you're on a tour bus, man, in the back there's a vent, man. <laughs> Almost like an emergency
1: exit, man. Wow. As soon as we'd stop and pull into immigration, Whoa, we'd man. pop the top, man, nice and slow. Take
0: everything, put it up on the roof of the bus, and then close the ventilation, Whoa. period. <laughs> Dog, immigration
1: dudes come through the bus. All right, all good. See you guys later. As soon as the fucking bus door shut,
0: pop that up and pull it in, man. Wow, wow. Okay, and then I'll I'll tell I'll tell the story. And Tommy's Tommy Lee just walked out of the room. Yeah, and then he's actually he's coming back. He Tommy, how did you actually get that? Into the plane? What'd you do for the plane? Oh, oh whoa! Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you asked, man. On a on an airplane, you gotta get, <laughs> you gotta your headliner upholstery. We'd take fucking cocaine, whatever it was, do as much as we could before we get there. Whatever's left, we'd stick it above my oh, yeah? seat. For some oh, reason, yeah. there was a little fucking rip in the headliner, so we'd fucking get in the fucking bag of blow and just really crank it down as little as we could and, and fucking just get it up inside the headliner with a little piece of double-sided tape. You couldn't tell.
1: Nicely couldn't, done, Tommy Lee. Couldn't tell.
0: Nicely I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. Fuck your guys, podcast. <laughs> wow, Tommy. Okay. Hey, thanks, though. Thanks for stopping by.
1: Wait. I mean, hey, hey, Chris, why, why is Tommy know. Lee... Why is he crawling into the refrigerator? <laughs> that he's it. shutting the door. Did you
0: stash? Did you stash that stuff in? Oh my god! Oh. He stashed it inside the fridge, and uh, I don't know. I I think he's inside the fridge right now. It's so weird. He's such a weird dude. He man. is such a weird um, dude.
1: All right, you could stay in there for all I care. Yeah, stay in there, but Tommy. But as
0: long as you pop out and give us another interview <laughs> next week, we're good. We're golden, Tommy Lee rock birthdays this week guys the original guitarist of Def Leppard Pete Willis turned oh. in 61 Tony Iommi the legendary guitarist from Black Sabbath turned in 73 okay so awesome he beat cancer recently so That's cool. very cool Tony Iommi is still with us Jerry Harrison an amazing guitarist and the keyboardist from the Talking Heads nice. 72 Dave Lombardo the legendary drummer from Slayer yeah 65 Mick Avery, drummer from The Kinks, 77. Right. Ice-T. Ice-T. From Ice-T's Body Count. Nice. And, and of course, Law & Order. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. 63. And you can, you can
1: also see Ice-T save the world in an episode of Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah? Yep, absolutely. He yeah. turns into this giant crystal kind of deity. Yeah, it's pretty wow, awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yep. Absolutely, God! There's some awesome people that uh, uh, that had
0: birthdays. It's some pretty good. That's a pretty good rock birthday week. I Absolutely. gotta say, a lot of times we don't have very good rock birthday weeks, but that was a pretty good one. Okay, so check this story out, Charles. Okay, this week we are celebrating a moment, uh, a legendary time in history. Okay, in 1975, this Ugh. week, this was the week that David Bowie and Dennis Hopper smuggled cocaine into a psych ward for Iggy Pop. Ooh, David Bowie and Dennis Hopper. And they were dressed as spacemen. No! The legend <gasps> goes. Oh my God. So, at this time in 1975, Iggy Pop had involuntarily entered himself into a psych ward following growing and some seemingly unstoppable issues with drug addiction. Why is there not a movie about this? I know, right? Uh, So, his substance abuse not only begun to jeopardize his career, but his life, it was pretty serious. Uh, It was decided for his own good that he would visit a facility to help treat him. When your back is against the wall, anyone will tell you friends are usually few and far between. Normally, a few will come through for you. For the forefather of punk Iggy Pop, those friends were none other than Dennis Hopper, Dean Stockwell, and the legendary Dave, David Bowie. But while they were good friends, happy to commit themselves to Iggy's cause, whatever that may be, they weren't necessarily good influence and contributed to some seriously <laughs> dubious <laughs> moments of friendship, including this week. So, here's the thing. Uh, here's here's the deal. Iggy, uh, okay, where's the part where he's actually at the facility? Uh, at times he seems to have completed control of yeah the this doctor on. the doctor was talking about basically the the mental state of Iggy Pop and yeah he was basically saying like he was kind of bipolar like he would have control of like you know turning it off and on basically yeah. like his kind of his craziness you know So here's the story from David Bowie's 2012 book The Golden Years. This is David Bowie's book so it is said that actor Dean Stockwell visited Iggy Pop at UCLA when he was at this psych ward alongside bowie with the pair allegedly dressed in space suits completely stoned and screaming we want to see jimmy let us in wow it's the kind of rock tale that makes her permanent legendary status for all involved but is it all as it seems according to iggy they were actually let in on the account of the staff at the facility being starstruck by the pair after all at the time stockwell and bowie were gigantic stars when inside uh, his room, Bowie and Stockwell duly broke up, b- broke out some cocaine and decided to share it with Iggy Wow! Who g- gladly took the peace parcel from outer space although from Bowie's account, it was actually the Easy Rider legend Dennis Hopper who accompanied the Starman in the facility. He said, quote If I remember it right, it was me and Dennis Hopper. We trooped into the hospital with a load of drugs for Iggy this was very much a leave your drugs at the door hospital. We were out of our minds, all of us. He wasn't well. That's all we knew. We thought we would bring him in some drugs because he probably hadn't had any for days. It caught Bowie in a time in his life where cocaine was beyond a joy, it was a necessity. So they were basically all just oh. having a good time, right? They were just helping him out.
1: Yeah. So, you yeah. know,
0: but hey, With a little bit of cocaine. It happened on this uh, weekend in that's 1975. Okay, all right some more trivia on this week in music history trivia in 2003 a very sad event that probably could have been prevented It was due to some bad pyrotechnics at the show. Uh, what band was it? 100 people died and 200 injured as a result of the fire during Ooh. this band show at the station nightclub in West Warwick, Rhode Island. Oh my God was it a white snake? Was it B great white? Or was it C, David Crosby's Oof. Great White Cocaine Mustache? Oh, gosh. A very unknown oh, side gosh. project band of David Crosby at the time. Oh. It was a blend of like um, tribal I Indian, that. Indian folk yeah. and uh, punk rock. You I know? remember that, yeah. That
1: was a crazy time in yep. his life. Absolutely, and some Russian folklore. Like, they would just kind of
0: like jab that in there. Like, well, you know, David Crosby yeah. was actually um, one of those uh, Russian nesting dolls. Ugh. And he was a small doll inside of another doll. Yeah. And the whole show was him turning into a, 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 a smaller doll inside yeah. of a Russian doll. A
1: lot of people don't realize that when you ingest that much cocaine, it gives you the ability to become a Russian doll. That's right. Yeah. And you basically just kind of like, and you can either go super small or you can go super large. Right.
0: Yeah, and it gives you that power. And yes. You don't realize it until you do enough cocaine the much yep. the amount that David Crosby's done in his life. Yeah. Is enough to kill um you know, 40 oxen. Yeah, in Oregon Trail. You know it's
1: it's it's it in Oregon Trail exactly. You know you, when know, you I, die in dysentery?
0: Yeah. No, you died of cocaine overdose.
1: Yep, yep, absolutely. Because and I think a lot of people don't realize that when like that amount of cocaine at a certain point when you had like maybe your 74th or 75th rail in about a month, like it's it's the difference between um, walking through a wardrobe into a magical land full of snow and centaurs, such as Narnia. Right, exactly. And but once you switch over to crack, it's walking into like maybe a broken glass a, on the yeah. ground. Yep, s- getting stabbed in the foot, hypodermic needle so so mugged we've got gunpoint <laughs> mugged at gunpoint yeah by a bias by, by a david bowie <laughs> a whole nother an astronaut. Trip, yeah. yeah
0: delivering a package of cocaine a, yep exactly while you're in the psych
1: ward dude we just came up with like a movie right that's there That's a good movie that's the movie that's a good. so movie. we've got three choices so we've got white snake we've got the great white and we've got david crosby's great white cocaine mustache <laughs> And I'm 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 like I, I, we're missing one right here, and that's D White guilt.
0: Oh, okay, because yes. there's like there's, don't forget about that. So there's
1: a lot of white going on here. <laughs> so, all right, here I go again on my own. All right, I'm walking mm-hmm. down that lonely road we've ever known. I'm gonna go ahead and say that it has to be David Crosby's great white cocaine mustache. You think that's, so? It has to be it has that to be. because it w- his because his coke fueled benders with that giant mustache just. Of all, imagine like all like the crazy little leprechauns. Nope, it was Great
0: White. Oh, it was Great White. Yep. Okay, but it could have been. It could have been. That's debatable. David Crosby could have been in that crowd and he Man. could have started the fire himself. Man, I think he did. But actually, it was super tragic. There was a um, a fireworks technical or a technico, Um technical display mm. in the back of the band, and one of them was like one of those you know those fireworks like you you light the thing and it starts spinning like on a nail. Like you nail it, you know, you're supposed to like it has a hole in the middle and you nail it and it starts spinning around. Yeah. Like shooting off fireworks. You know? Yep. Yeah, so they thought that was a good idea to put that on a wall. Oh my God. In small inside a small nightclub Great White. In Rhode Island and it caught the insulation on the roof on fire. Oh my God. In the nightclub and guess what? One fire exit. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was yeah, the yeah. front yeah. of the venue, Ugh. and all these people got trampled, and they, they, one of the band members died of smoke inhalation. That's crazy. It was a horrible, horrible. You know, for experience. any, it, there may be a chance that one and they of our, were our a listeners shitty ass band too. Well, like, Great White, was it really yeah. worth it? Yeah. yeah. All those people were probably just drunk in the area, walked over from some bar. Yeah. They're like, oh, Great White's Let's playing at that fucking shithole across the street. Let's go yeah. see. And dude.
1: Uh, there there there's a chance that somebody, at least one of our listeners, is related to somebody who may have perished in Very that. Very true. And and we and God, we dude, that is so sad yeah, and I'm we,
0: my heart goes out to you.
1: Yeah. We apologize, but uh, so I'm just gonna throw this out here a little bit. It shouldn't have been going to see Great White. <laughs> so I'm sorry for it's your fault you died family member, but, because of their bad pyro yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that is
0: so bad dude
1: all yep. right it's like if, if like if, if we found out that somebody was like if like my my third cousin went to a creed show and like it just like exploded
0: <laughs> i would have been like well they should have been well should have went and saw creed yep exactly it's your fault yep all right, some movie, TV, entertainment news this week, guys. Dave Chappelle clear in the air about Chappelle's show returning to Netflix. You guys hear about that? No. On February twelfth, it returned to Netflix, and here's the deal he he had it uh, he had a request from last year to actually remove his show from Netflix in November of last year. Okay. <coughs> the issue mm-hmm. at that time, he said, was around royalties or the lack thereof. Yeah. For him, from Comedy Central, not from Netflix. So he wasn't getting paid for the Comedy Central replays. Whenever you would see Chappelle's show replay on Comedy Central, yeah, he was not getting royalties oh, for that. Oh, okay. And so he said on his Instagram clip that he posted, if you follow Dave Chappelle on his Instagram, you can see it. He says, quote, I never asked Comedy Central for anything. If you remember, I said, I'm going to, at, I'm going to my real boss. And I came to you, the audience, because I know where my power lies. He said, I asked you to stop watching... Uh, the show, and thank God Almighty for you. You did. You made that show worthless because without your eyes, it's nothing. And you stop watching it. They called me, and I got my name back, and I got my license back, and I got my show back, oh, and they paid you, me dude. millions of dollars. So yeah. good for him. Yeah. You know? And it was true. He. I remember him when he put out that call to action, basically saying, "I'm not getting paid for this. Don't watch this show. If you care about me and you follow me and you're one of my fans." Don't watch it on Comedy Central. Yeah. And Comedy Central CEOs were like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh.
1: What are we gonna do? Dave Chappelle, like a lot of people like like he's a smart motherfucker, dude. Honestly, Dave Ch- the Chappelle show like straight up changed my life. Oh it it is. Like it was just it's so one of those amazing. shows. yeah. It's
0: one of those shows, like I would compare it to Living Color. Yeah. Or uh Saturday Night Live. It's on par with that. And that's yeah. a one man, basically a one man show where he did it, everything. Yeah. He wrote almost all the jokes himself. All, all of his friends are in the skits. He brought in all the musicians that he knew that yeah. respected him and he loved. It was a one-of-a-kind show. Oh, it's amazing. And it, and it's such a shame that it had the ending that it did to it. And now it seems that it finally is getting its justice and his royalties. Oh, yeah. yeah. So fucking right on. It yeah, took 20 done. years. But, you know, God,
1: he's, that guy is just magnificent. He's amazing. Check this out.
0: Check this out, Charles. Have you heard about this? No. This is fucking cool, guys. I will tell you what. Netflix picks up Tim Burton's Wednesday Addams live action series. Dope. It's the first ever live action series that Tim Burton has ever done. Nice. They had a huge bidding war. He's never done a TV show. Never done a TV show, Tim Burton. And this is going to be all about wednesday adams oh so cool and it's apparently about wednesday's attempts at this um peculiar nevermore academy master her emerging psychic ability all kind of, uh, a monstrous killing sprees going on and in addition to his directing role tim burton will executive produce the series so oh, okay very cool right all right I yeah right was on pretty awesome absolutely Hey, check it out. Weekly WTF this week. You know, you could be staying at Buffalo Bill's house from Silence of the Lambs. Or you can sleep in it. Or now you have the chance to stay at the home in Periopolis, Pennsylvania. Ooh! It was recently sold, and the new owner, Chris Rowan, Says he plans to turn the home into a bed and breakfast. Nice. And and do you at some point or another you have to put
1: lotion in a basket. You'll wake up and there'll be a moth in the back of your throat. Yeah. And you'll be like,
0: who who put that there?
1: I uh, my favorite my favorite, never know. my favorite line from that whole movie is this right here. Wort. Wort. <laughs> 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 no, that's not no that's not even it. It's him casually leaning <laughs> uh, against the, his his door frame and going, Wort. Was she a great big friend person? And for whatever reason, I think that is the funniest <laughs> shit I have ever heard in my life. And then he goes, I'm like, you go something like nah, I haven't
0: seen her. Something yeah. like that.
1: Right? By the way, uh, by the way, uh, the Thomas Harris novels are fucking amazing. Oh, I bet. They are amazing. I Every they're single they're one.
0: Detailed. Oh, man. They are so awesome. Pretty intense. Uh, did you hear about this? Mysterious lights in California were actually the SpaceX satellites. Oh, yeah. Have yeah. you heard of these Starlink uh, yeah. satellites? Yeah. They're basically um, competing with 5G and internet companies and stuff. It's going to be providing internet to people. Oh, that's awesome. These Starlink uh, satellites, they're basically going to kind of – Comcast is going to have to step up their game and a lot of companies because of this. And this is all from Elon Musk and SpaceX, so pretty interesting. Yeah, Nice. But people thought they were aliens because they were flying around super low in the (laughs) sky.
1: People will think
0: anything. Applebee's launches virtual restaurant for chicken wings. So it's an online only brand and it's, and the main menu item is Cheeto flavored wings. Okay. It's called cosmic wings. I made those. You can uh, order them on Uber eats. Yeah. And Oh, you've had them. No, I made those. Oh, you've made Uh, them yourself. Yeah. 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 Years ago.
1: Yeah. Years ago I made a, so if you take hot Cheetos
0: and you crumble it into like Panko bread crust and, crumbs nice. and stuff like that, yeah, you can actually make something really cool. So apparently this brand will operate out of about 1,300 Applebee's locations across the country, but will mm-hmm. not have its own restaurant. That's pretty smart. All right. Smart partnership.
1: You know who makes the best chicken wings, right? Who's that? Oh, my God. Fans, go check this out. So save Mark. Okay. Their crispy, zesty wings are by far the, the best The ones they make wings. at the place? The ones they make at ah. Samart and their own specific Saymart recipe, they are the best. And I love chicken wings. They are Crispy, the best what are they called? Crispy, zesty, chicken wings. Chicken ah. wings. Chicken wings. Chicken wings. Chicken wings. They're crispy, zesty, chicken wings. They're so sounds good.
0: sounds yep. good. All right. I'm getting hungry. All right, last story of the night here. Jameson Whiskey is paying fans 50 bucks to take work off on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> so it's encouraged people to take SPTO, St. Patrick's Day, time off to kick back and celebrate. Okay. So here's the deal. It's offering adults in the U.S. to enter the limited-time sweepstakes for a chance to win 50 bucks on their day off. So it ends at midnight, March 7th thousand people b- will be awarded the prize money additional 50 bucks donated on behalf of each winner right. to the restaurant workers community foundation so it's all for a good cause all you gotta do is sign up on their website uh, if you go to their website on Jameson whiskey you could get 50 bucks for taking that day off on St. Patrick's Day they even have this thing where you can print out it's like a um, thing from Jameson whiskey and it's like it looks like an official document yeah that says this man needs to take time off for St. Patrick's Day observance and To enjoy some, you know, libations and all this stuff. It's so funny. Nice. So if you go there and sign up, you can win 50 bucks, and it's all for a good cause as well. But you have to get your boss to sign it. That's right, which is probably not (laughs) going to work out. Not going to happen. All right, guys, that does it for us. Rock News Weekly this week. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rock News Weekly. Check out the photos from our interviews. All of our links are up. Nine different platforms, rocknewsweekly.com. Please give us a rating in the uh, Apple and Google stores if you guys enjoyed the episode. Regardless of whatever the star rating, we're not going to pander and say give me a five-star rating. But whatever you guys feel is appropriate, any kind of rating, we do appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Peace. Peace!
1: All right. Nice.